What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. What's up, podcast guests and listeners? I am hanging out with Rachel Serwitz. She is the CEO of Woken. She is a young hustler who's out there getting it. She's done some amazing things in her career so far, and I'm just super honored and stoked to talk to another fellow entrepreneur. Her and I have had plenty of opportunity to dive in deeps about the highs and lows of the entrepreneur path, and so I've just had a lot of fun getting to know her. This podcast, she dives into her journey, her background, what she's doing with her business, and just who she is as a person. And so I just really, really am inspired to see another entrepreneur who's early on in her career, but having a big impact in just a fantastic way. So Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you for having me. We got introduced from Kelly Peters over at Jazz HR, and she somehow her and I were either like on a hangouts talking about something related to uh, something unrelated. And we were talking about the podcast and she goes, oh, oh, I've got the perfect person to have it on a guest as a podcast. And so she introduced uh, me to you. And uh, ever since then, you know, we're on a podcast now. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. It's funny because her and I, like we ended up just having this hour long, just HR conversation. And um, I think that's probably what, what now keeps me in her mind of like referring me because we just sort of went at it and just spoke about so many random things together. So uh, now she knows sort of my, my stance on a lot of things. That's amazing. And naturally like just two people just having a conversation about HR for an hour long, just a pretty normal conversation, right? Yes, right, right. And, you know, <laughs> it's a select that. breed. It's a select breed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, finding somebody who shares your interests and your passions, I mean, that's like the best 
best feeling is it's fun. Absolutely. So, you know, I'd love just to hear your, your story. We we've spoken on the phone a couple of times and just hearing your background is amazing and what you're all the different things that you're doing. There's a lot. So would love just to hear sort of the, the background kind of what led up to today. Okay. I will try to do this. Takes, takes deep breath. No rush. (laughs) Takes deep breath. Rest yourself, get some popcorn, whatever you need. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit of a roller coaster. So I'll try to go through, you know, each piece and, um, we can sort of dig into all the in-between moments. Um, so I went to Binghamton university. I was a human development major. I wanted to get into the world of business, but I actually wasn't able to leverage our on-campus recruiting or act actually the business school's career office. So I was all on my own and thus began the journey of me trying to figure out how best to job search. Um, My parents weren't really in the field I was going into. So I just really dove in headfirst and tried to actually learn everything I could about how to job search, how to network, all that good stuff. So I actually landed at Goldman Sachs. And ever since I was just referred to tons of people, friends of friends, you know, to help them with their career journeys. So, you know, I worked at Goldman, then I went to Bridgewater, um, moved more into the HR realm and was still just helping people on the side of my job and started to see so many of the problems people would face when, when they were struggling with job search. And so actually after Bridgewater, I had to figure out what do I want to do next? And It's funny because I was in job search again, you know, personal experience, you know, having that personal experience with job search. And I, I, again, didn't have the right support to help me figure out what was next or how to go about it. And I actually ended up searching for jobs that I didn't really want, but I was basically searching for the same job that I had before because I didn't know how to figure out what I wanted next. And I really didn't get anywhere. And I learned that when you job search and you don't really want it, you're not really going to get anywhere. Or if you magically land something, which I did, you're not going to, if you're not happy there, that's not going to work either. So that's actually what happened. And then I really realized that what I loved doing was actually coaching people with their careers. So I just uh, dove in and said, let me get some training. I, I didn't really know if I wanted to be a full coach. I just knew that I would learn and it was interesting and it would lead somewhere. So I did coaching through uh, coaching training through NYU and then I got certified. And then almost like the minute I started like formally coaching, I realized how unscalable it was. And over time I had so many processes that I had built up that I realized I want to build more products and scale the value of what I'm doing and how I'm helping people. So that sort of is when it became more of a me trying to explore my own company and my own products and how to scale and things like that. And so ever since that point, uh, you know, fast forward, I had a few different gigs here and there with coaching and HR and different things like that. Uh, I also did a one-year tech MBA program at NYU Stern. And basically, I mean, the goal at this point, the, the focus for the last two years has really just been my company and and helping build products to help people with um, career exploration and job search in a more scalable and accessible way. So I will pause there. <laughs> we got a, We got a lot to impact. I mean, first off, pretty, pretty amazing story. And I like how you just subtly throw in. Yeah, I got, you know, landed, was looking for some different jobs, landed my first job, happened to be at Goldman sort of thing. You know, that's not something you hear every day. So I want to start there. And then yeah. I, I got a lot of questions kind yeah. of throughout it. So, uh, so how old, if you if you don't mind, how old were you when you first started working at Goldman? I was right out of school. So I guess I was 22. 
Um, what, what was the culture of a 22-year-old working at one of the most iconic financial <laughs> institutions of all time? So it's really funny because, well, first of all, culture within a firm can vary even within a team and within a department. So what you hear about you know, finance or banking or Goldman wasn't actually what I experienced in terms of what most people hear. So I actually had a great experience and that was because I was in operations. So I was in the best of both worlds. I had this amazing company, but I didn't have to be in an environment that was cut, was, was cutthroat. I mean, we, we worked very, very hard, but I actually had great people around me and I actually had an amazing experience. They empowered me to take on projects and, you know, just sort of run as fast as I wanted to to go. And I, I actually took on a lot of HR projects, even though that wasn't my job. So I actually had a great experience. I also went to India for five months with Goldman. So, you know, I, I loved it. And, you know, it's funny because I always reverse engineer, how did I get there and what went right and what didn't go right? And that's how I help people today. So the culture fit was kind of just lucky. I didn't know. And, and so when I got to that interview and it just sort of, it, you know, looking back, it worked out in the sense of what the operations department really valued and their culture, as well as where I was at that point in time. And I love to improve processes and just different cultural elements ended up fitting. And that's obviously a strong reason somebody gets hired. So, so looking back, you know, that all made sense, but you know, now I help try to help people proactively think about, you know, what do you want and how do you go find that? You know, this was just sort of a little bit of luck. And also I, I mean, I prepared a lot, but I didn't know, I really didn't know what operations was. I didn't know the culture was going to be fit. I mean, I didn't know so many things. So there was an aspect of luck. Um, but I also was doing my best to get a job. So there was, there was a combination of effort and, um, you know, some things that just worked out. Yeah, that's amazing. So, uh, do you feel like, I know you're sort of in the career coaching space now. Do you feel like you, uh, if you were coaching yourself at the time, did you follow a lot of the same principles to get, you know, sort of the, uh, the dream job that so many people sort of passively say, well, are you just going to go to wall street and work at Goldman sort of things? Do you, do you feel like you sort of checked all the boxes as a career coach at the time? You know, what were sort of, yeah different or, or the same or, you know, I would love just to hear a little bit about that. So really good question. So with every part of my journey, I was doing my best to figure out what was right for me. And there were times when I did that well, and there were times that I didn't do that well. And so that's kind of why over the past six or seven years, now I have much easier frameworks and tools for to help people do that better, where I was just, you know, struggling through it. So at the time, no, I wasn't trying to check a box of like, oh, I should just work in, you know, banking for whatever reason. I did conflate the fact that I wanted to go into business. I thought I wanted consulting. I was struggling to get into consulting because I wasn't in the business school. So then I, Goldman actually came to Binghamton's campus. They sort of taught us what operations was and it just ended up working out that I found what I was hoping for out of consulting process improvement, essentially was all I knew at the time, um, was very similar to operations. So that ended up working out in the sense of what I was interested in doing at the time. What I didn't realize was the industry piece. Uh, you know, I thought finance was business, <laughs> but there's so many industries, you know, that I could have went into. Um, and, and the role wasn't perfect either. So, you know, I could have, um, I, I really should have been more in like an HR operations, but at the time, you know, I didn't have the clarity to know that I really 
liked the HR world. In fact, I actually had a previous internship boss tell me, you're too dynamic to be in HR. And that I, I, yeah, what does that even mean? (laughs) I, I, I actually accepted that for, I trusted this person a lot and I was like, okay, I just, what do I know? So I was like, okay. And so I actually avoided looking into HR for a while for, as an early job. And that was, that was a, that was a big mistake for me that I took that one person's sort of advice. Um, you know, people have so many stereotypes about certain jobs and I should have done my own homework to look into what was best for me. I tried and I was trying and I did, I did okay. But had I gotten some more advice and learned a little bit more about HR, that would have been really cool if I had started there. I mean, everything works out, but it worked out because I was simply always trying. I was putting consistent effort to figure out what was right for me. So it led me back to this HR world. Um, But you can see I skipped over that for three years because of what that one person said. So, you know, there were some things, like I said, some things I did well, some things just happened. You know, it's a combination. So that's why my life's work now is reverse engineering. How do you make these decisions? How do you be proactive? How do you figure it out ahead of time? (laughs) That way you don't just fall into something that either it's like up to chance, whether it's going to be a good fit or not. Yeah, that's special. Uh, So the sort of rigidness of major structure organization started, you, you, you began asking questions of what worked right, what went wrong, what did you learn throughout the course of that process, and sort of transitioned you into this process of now you are... I would say safe to say an entrepreneur, right? So do you believe that you were in the midst of your time, you know, when you first started at Goldman and and before that, or do you think uh, that was something that you sort of learned to become one? Really good question. Um, It's really funny because when I first started working, I had this strange sense that I was better as a manager than an independent individual contributor. And that's really awkward for somebody who's 22 to feel that way because A, what experience do I have? You have to grow the ladder in order to manage, of course, right? That's how we do it. Um, And so it was awkward because I kind of knew that those early jobs weren't really going to be the end all be all for me. So I just was always trying to push forward and figure out what is the end all be all? What is my ultimate purpose? What is the ultimate, you know, thing I want to do. And so I was always trying to figure it out. And there were points when I knew I had feelings about something. I didn't have that full clarity for a while. Um, so, so I had that feeling about the individual contributor thing. Um, and then it only was until, so after Bridgewater, I job searched, it was sort of a sucky job search. I landed something that I really didn't like. I, it was a hot two months that I lasted there at that point. That's when I said, I actually like cried when I left there and I realized I wasn't a fit anymore for the corporate world. I was trying to fit into that box. I was trying to fit into the corporate world because I thought I was supposed to, because I thought it was, you know, the secure path. And and my whole life, you know, I was really driven the way I grew up and my parents' work ethic to, to, to sort of need that secure path. And yet when I realized I wasn't a fit for it anymore, I had to embrace embrace it because I was like, it's not going to work out if I hate these experiences. And I'm, you know, you just sort of had to embrace and accept something that was going to be a harder, challenging road, but it was something I felt I was meant 
to do or at least try. And, you know, I always think if you start thinking about something for a longer period of time, it really means you've got to just, you've got to try it. When you're thinking about it and you're feeling it for so long, it really does mean something. Um, and so, yeah, at that point, it was just, I, I literally cried and I was like, I can't, I, I, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> and that's when I knew I had to, to start this thing. And it was a weird universe moment because the day after I left that last company, I actually was accepted to NYU Stern. And so it was sort of this sign where I was like, all right, now I have this other layer of comfort where I'm going to go to a graduate program and I may as well also start my company at the same time. Um, That's not to mean that that's my advice for every entrepreneur, but for me, it helped me feel a little comfortable that I was going to go start this scary, risky thing, but also sort of had something in the background. I mean, something pretty big in the background going on at the same time. Yeah. So on the, on the, uh, accepted, accepted the grad school piece. So if I'm hearing kind of throughout the course of your story, it seems like a lot of questions being asked, a lot of learning being done. Would you consider yourself a proactive learner or a reactive learner? And the, and the framework that I'm sort of building on that question is you mentioned, Hey, what is it that caused my first job at Goldman to go so well, or what career, you know, career advice can I learn from my own experience or seeing other people? So that I would be, you know, considered uh, like reflective learning. And, but yet it seems like throughout the course of your career, you're always getting ahead of, uh, of different pieces of learning. So how do you go about that? Yeah. Is another really, really good question. So I always talk about how it's a combination of like intention plus intuition. So in the same, it's the same as what you're saying, which is it's both. You, you know, when I guide somebody through career exploration, the whole goal is proactive. How can we bridge the gap? How can we learn about a path before you get there? That's very, very, very proactive. And it makes a huge difference. That being said, there's only so much learning you can do before you get there, right? And once you get there, you're going to learn even deeper. You're going to be exposed to new things. You're going to really see what that reality is like, and you're going to have a lot to reflect on. And so what happens is when I guide somebody through career exploration, the whole goal is you're not just going to do this once. You're actually going to do it two, three, four, five times. You're actually going to continue the skills and the frameworks and the processes of continuous learning, essentially, right? So yes, it should start proactive. And that's oftentimes when somebody's making a big pivot, but then upon their next step, you go into it and you actually reflect. And then you probably go through that learning cycle again. And then you go through your next step and you reflect and it informs, you know, your next steps, right? So it's this continuous learning, um, that can always be done. It can be done in the in-between. It can be done during, it can be done after, and it should sort of always happen until you reach a point where you, have the clarity on what path, you know, what role is right for you, what industry is right for you, what environment is right for you. Those are sort of the three pieces of how I break down what a job really is. So yeah, it's it's this ever ongoing process. I mean, the beginning, if somebody just starts that for the first time, it has a huge, huge impact. But that's not to say it's done forever. I mean, there, there will always be more to do, but it's kind of strange because you do reach an aha moment. You do reach a, a point where, because you've done so much learning and reflection, you actually reach this point where you have a strong sense of what your purpose really is. And there's different ways of executing on that purpose. There's different roles you could go have, but at least you understand your place in this world and what you care about and what problems you want to solve and things like that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's an ongoing learning process for sure. 
Yeah, that's fascinating you bring that up. In in my path, it's kind of interesting. I am very gifted at the idea stage of things and bringing those to the point where it's something that's tangible and people can wrap their head around it. I'm very bad thereafter, right? And so where my gift is, I think, you know, quote unquote to the world, or at least something I'm I'm experiencing is let's get ideas, let's basically quote unquote take them to market, and then I'm sort of on to the next one. With that being said, I'm not necessarily necessarily married or tied to one particular space. Mm-hmm. And that's what I try to tell people who are sort of in this pursuing their passion. It doesn't necessarily <clears throat> mean that your passion has to be in HR or has to be in finance or has to be in any of these particular things, but you can take your skill set and apply it to various different ones as well too. So it's just very interesting to hear hear you say that. So I, I love that. It's awesome. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, there's a lot of ways of thinking about this. You know, it's what is your personality? What is your affinity for certain things? What are your strengths? What are your interests? There's different approaches you can take to to thinking about what matters most for you and, and how do you think about your purpose? I mean, there definitely are people who have multiple different interests or, you know, like you're saying, you let your skill and your strength guide you and you're sort of open to where can I apply that? You know, but when I sort of help people, I try to help them gain clarity in each of those three areas um, in terms of A, what is the function? So kind of what you mentioned, the role do you want to play? You you love to get, you know, the ideas out there, right? So what is the role or the function you really, really love to do? And then B, if you had to choose where you apply that in the world in terms of the type of space or the industry, you know, what types of problems do you want to solve in this world? There's so many industries and I can imagine most people, uh, you know, can sort of prioritize those. I mean, I know personally, I've reflected on the industries that I really don't care about personally, and there are industries that I do. So to the extent you can prioritize, then I like to facilitate that. And then part three would be what environment do you thrive in? Um, you know, where, what culture, what, what types of people, what size company, what is the look and the feel of it? You know, that the, the bells and whistles sort of. Um, so, so to the extent that you can ask yourself those questions and gain clarity in, in each of those arenas, you may as well try. And then that's what helps me help people to figure out, okay, what is the, how can we get as close to humanly possible of things you care about and things that align with you and things that are meaningful for you, right? So it's like, why not try to answer all of these questions, uh, you know, as it relates to all the the aspects of what your job will be, um, you know, so it's, you know, just that proactive learning and reflection can just really do wonders, so I got to ask, um, and I hope this does not come across as a knock by any means. In fact, I hope this comes across as complimentary, but I'm going to tee it up that way. So what a horrible start to any question. So you have a unique ability to challenge and understand and ask the right questions to sort of guide people to, you know, this concept, this concept of, of passion and, and career exploration as well, too. In your business, Um, Do you find that you're limited to your own time? And what I mean by that is you mentioned scaling it. So how much do you struggle with the ability to scale your own ability versus teaching, you know, being a coach of coaches to then go do that same exact thing? What's sort of the balance there? So Matt, you, I know you're going to ask me later what gets me up in the morning, but this is it, right? The impact and the scale that is possible with the process that I figured out is crazy. Like it's wild. Every young adult 
can do this. And that's exactly what I work towards every single day is making this a reality where every single professional, every single individual has the opportunity to go through this. So it's, you know, I love speaking of what your strengths are. I personally, I love like career coaching and motivating, but I also love systematizing and scaling and productizing. So when you combine those two things, it's that's, that's what I do. Right. And so the scalable nature of it is because the process is there. The best practice is there. And because I'm simply asking the right questions and the person is filling in those answers, that's what makes it really, really, really scalable. Of course, you know, what I need to train another coach in the very specific, you know, things that I look for, the things I listen for, things like that. Yes. But this isn't rocket science in the sense that a coach can't be trained by any means. There's so many coaches who actually do similar things to what I'm doing. It's just, there's, there's a few sort of approaches and how we do it differently, but it's totally feasible to continue to basically, you know, we, we leverage the product as a way of saying, here's the process, here's your next steps, here's what you should do, here's how you should do it effectively. And we guide you through that. We handhold you through that. So our product actually has all of that there. We facilitate your ability to go take those next steps. And then the coach is there reviewing what you're doing and giving you feedback and, and interacting and supporting you through the process. So that's the scalable nature right there. Um, yeah, it's, it is a very interesting process. It is crazy that we found a way to help somebody actually gain career clarity because it's, it's rare to find that and find a tool that can actually help you with that. But the craziest part is, is that the way we do it is scalable. The scale potential is there. And that's why I work every day to, to grow this company. Yeah, that's amazing. Do you, um, the, I got to imagine, maybe the, this is not even a question, maybe a statement. It, the aha moment that you've reached as sort of a coach or guide is not clearly helping somebody get a job, but it's helping them at least understand maybe what jobs they should go apply for. And deeper than that, the passion at which they should go pursue or, or look at career, you know, whether it's in their own career or finding a new career or applying for a new job or starting a company. I got to imagine it's, it's way more soul-based than it is just the tangible of getting a job. So we do both, but it, it needs to happen in the right order, right? So career exploration comes first. And then once you have the clarity on your direction, we do help you through job search. Um, the interesting part is that A, having gone through career exploration is a huge, it's a game changer for your job search. It makes it more effective. It makes it more efficient and faster. It makes it stronger. You become a better candidate when you know what you're going after and why. I mean, those are the interviews that are really compelling. And, and you know, if your story makes sense to you, it's going to make sense to an interviewer. Um, so you have to figure out your own story before you can tell it to somebody else and sell it to somebody else. So it really impacts the job search. But uh, but we don't we don't end the process after career exploration. That would that would be silly. Um, you know, with job search. We, we help you through that, um, and our goal there is to continue the coaching format so that we're not finding a job for you. I have helped people get jobs without ever sending them a posting. I don't believe in job matching tools, job search engines. In fact, the statistics show that that's not how you get a job anyway. So what I do is I teach you, I similarly coach you through, okay, what steps should you take? How should you spend your time? How should you go about each of the steps within job search the most uh, you know, effectively? So it's a similar coaching 
angle. Um, you know, but but yes, we continue to support you through that part of the journey. Um, and the career exploration has such a big, important just edge. It gives you it gives you such a, a great, you know, it, it really impacts the job search in such a beneficial way. So yeah, we, we help you with both, but but there's an order to it. So for 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 life uh, beyond just you know uh, career coaching and what you're doing now. So what are sort of the key uh, check boxes in life, bucket list items in life that you would like to accomplish? You know whether that's uh, career wise or aspiration wise. You know what would be something that you'd love to check off kind of throughout the course of your your personal life and career life as well too. Yeah. Um- it's funny because I got to be a career coach and ask a question like that, right? Yeah. Where, where do you see yourself in five years? I hate that question. <laughs> so, you know, my professional sort of goal and the, let me say this way, the vision for the company is so large that it kind of trumps the rest of all of my bucket list, you know, items. And that's what I want people to find. I want not that work should define you or it should be your whole life by any means, but I want each person to have the opportunity to figure out what they care so deeply about that if they have that drive, if they have that motivation, that they align it with their their true purpose and what they care about versus working somewhere that they don't, right? So I care so deeply about this and I understand the gaps in the market that the and and I guess it's just sort of happenstance that I'm I I really dream quite big and the vision for where I want to go with this is so big that it just really trumps all my other bucket list uh, potential items. I wish I could think of a fun idea for you, but I I don't. I don't have that many. I've been very lucky to travel a lot. You know, I was in India, I was in Spain. So, so I, I've been lucky to see lots of, you know, the world, of course, there's always more to do and I love travel. Um, but you know, this, this company, this is what I inherently intuitively believe is my life. Like I can see what it looks like, like physically, I see what it looks like in 20, 30, 50 years. And this is what I know I want to be doing for the rest of my life. So, um, it's, it's simply the vision of the business sort of becomes my, my bucket list because, well, you know, as you know, it's hard enough to (laughs) build a successful company. So it just becomes the challenge that I personally want to, you know, tackle. Yeah, that's amazing. And it's, uh, you know, you can, I don't know if you've experienced this, but throughout the course of running a business and, uh, I think we're both in at least reasonably similar age demographics running a business at a younger age. You get a lot of people who you can tell are, uh, starting a company for the sake of starting a company versus starting a business because there's passion behind it. And it's, it's very clear in hearing your response to things that you're not doing this a for the money or secondly, for the, uh, just for the sake of being a quote unquote business owner, which whatever that means, but you're doing this for the the drive and the passion behind the problem that you're trying to solve. And that sort of helps the business fall into place. So I think, I think it's cool and it's, it's definitely inspiring for me. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all very meta, right? Because it's, it, this is what, as I was trying to figure out what I cared about, it's helping other people figure out what they care about. And so as I was figuring out my career path, this is my purpose and I am pursuing that. And and I want to help people have that same thing. So it was very organic over the course of time of figuring out what am I interested in? What problems do I like to help people solve? What problems am I solving? And, and, and that's simply the 
path of me figuring out my career path and my purpose, right? So it's it is it definitely was not me saying, oh, I want to start a company because it is not fun. You know that it's hard, you know? And so for, for somebody who wants to start it for the, the wrong reasons, like really, I, I always tell a prospective entrepreneur, like learn about the job as if you would learn about any other job before you did it, because you might be surprised. <laughs> you might actually say, oh, you know what? This isn't the best way of, of me going to actually execute on my goals or my purpose or my interests. You, you actually might be better off doing it somewhere else with other people who are already trying to tackle those problems and you can sort of avoid a lot of trials and tribulations in entrepreneurship. It's not, it is not a choice that I made. It's simply, you know, if, if somebody was doing exactly what I was doing and, and was solving these problems, um, you know, I would, I would go join them. Um, and so I only go about it this way because I see such a gap. Um, but, but yeah, it's been organic over the course of time. Ever since I've been referred to friends to help them, it just sort of has evolved from there. And I, 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 you know, I encourage people to sort of lean in to their interests. Um, you know, so, so that's kind of what I always did. I, I was leaning in to, you know, people were asking me for help. I enjoyed helping them. I was good at it. And I just kept leaning into that to figure out how can I take this further? How can I, you know, go a level deeper? How can I get more training? How can I build products out of it? And so if you continue to follow that, you know, I almost say follow the breadcrumbs sometimes, you just follow that trail. Um, and it is this fluid process. If you keep sort of following a path that you don't know where it's going to lead, but you know you're being driven by your interests, that to me, that is what leads to really, really beautiful, beautiful things, you know, leads you to a new potential you couldn't have pictured, leads you to a new path you couldn't have pictured. And, you know, so, so a, a large part of this is actually helping people embrace and be comfortable with the unknown and uncertainty. And that's actually half of the battle with exploration is that it does take time. You won't know the answer just yet, but you've got to be patient and persistent to, to get to that answer. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. So that leads me to my, my last and favorite question, <clears throat> my last and favorite question. And I, I think you touched on it, but I'll frame it in a touch of a different way. So, uh, the, the question being, what is it that, that ultimately gets you out of bed in the morning the most? And I guess I'll pair that with if Rachel could enter into somebody's life and then she would walk away, what impact would she want to have left on that person? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you probably, I should actually have you answer this because I think it's so clear, hopefully, um, because my goal is if I can help people cl clarify their purpose and their career purpose and their path and what's right for them and what aligns, you know, with them, that you know, when I help clients do that, they feel excited, they feel relieved. That is the best feeling in the world. So, you know, if I could sort of step in and then step away, that journey, um, you know, that's what I want. And, um, but, it, but it's also teaching them actually the skills and the process of how to get there. And that's a lifelong skill and process that, you know, like I said, will continue. So it's, it's teaching them what to do and how to do it and how to think about their path and how to think about who they are and how to learn more about their options and all of those things. But it's really the outcome and the feeling of 
confidence in, I know what I want to do next in the real sense of it. It's not just the fluffy purpose, but it's also what type of role and what type of industry and what type of company actually makes sense for me. And am I going to be happy in? I mean, it sounds obvious, but those are answers that so many people just don't have. And that's really what drives me every day. That's amazing. So where can people, when they want to interact with you, reach out to you, uh, socials, uh, where, what's the best way? And we'll include all, you know, social handles on the post as well too, but what's the best way to get a hold of you or contact you? Yeah. Um, our website is I am woken.com and Instagram is at get woken email team at I am woken.com. Feel free to reach out in any possible method. I am you know, the, the lone soldier behind all of the accounts. So I, I would, you know, be happy to meet anyone and support everyone, you know, through their career exploration journey. Amazing. Amazing. Well, is there anything else you want to leave the audience with? Oh, um, just, uh, don't give up before you've even allowed yourself to, to try to find those answers. That's, that's my biggest, uh, motivation for you guys. Hopefully. Hopefully you you believe something I'm saying here and, and there's a practical nature and there's practical steps you can actually take. So so uh, just search search out that support, right? Don't don't just give up before you've even tried to figure it out and um, keep keep fighting and keep pushing and keep trying to find the right support. Um, keep keep trying to find those answers until until you have them. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's good stuff. Well, Rachel, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. It's been an absolute blast. And it's definitely, uh, I, I love that we both have sort of this idea of in, in different capacities, in different formats, but I think in, in kind of coming together as well too, of helping people pursue their passion, at least ask the questions to consider it. And so I definitely resonate with everything that you got going on. And I would recommend any audience members reach out. She's fantastic. So, so thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me.